No more of that. You know, your, your sin is spreading and your sin is bringing us down and we're, we're not going to deal with that. We love you, but God has called us to judge those who are inside the church and he's going to judge those outside the church. So instead of just leaving you in here like you're doing nothing, what's best for you is just to, you know, you're out of here and we're not going to tolerate it. You've had three chances, gone, you know. And I started thinking about, you know, money. We don't really talk about money as if it's a problem that we have because we talk about, you know, hey, you know, money changes people. Well, we don't ever say money changes us, you know, because what if we didn't have money? I, I, I'm just thinking to myself, what if, if we're just to say, hey, take all the money away, would we still have a church? I, I would think that maybe, you know, a certain percentage of the people uh, you know, in our, in our circle would say that we need money. And I would say that there, to a certain extent, you know, God provides the money for us to do certain things. But all I'm saying is, is we don't need money to get together and pray to God. Do we need money to get together and have communion or, or to pray to each other or just to read God's word? No, all we need is God's word and some believers that just really want to do God's will. And I just started thinking about all these things. There's two other ones, but, you know, we were, I was talking about suffering. You know, we, we don't really ever talk about suffering in a good light, that you should desire suffering. You know, because we're co-heirs with Christ in his glory because now we are God's children. But, you know, we don't ever talk about the fact that he suffered and that we too should desire suffering. We desire his glory. But if we were to inherit uh, the, the things that Jesus is inheriting, we are to inherit his suffering too. And so we are to desire that. And if you don't have suffering in your life as a Christian, most likely you will feel the, a piece of you missing. There's going to be a piece inside of you that you feel like, I'm not really glorifying Christ. Yeah, because you're not suffering as he suffered. Because what he did was he suffered so that we could become saved. We could become God's children. So too, we must suffer we must do the things that Christ did so that people would see the love of Christ in us. Suffering is something that we should desire, something that we should take on, something that we should welcome, not uh, suffering. God, please take this away from me because I'm not being able to do your will if I'm suffering. And I just started thinking about those things, and I was like, I don't know if I should preach that tonight because we talk about things like that. Everything we talk about is so heavy, you know? And there's a, there's a side of me, see, I'm, I didn't used to be this way. don't know where it came from. Maybe it just started thinking more deeply when I became a Christian. And, you know, I, maybe I just became discouraged because I started losing friends. And now it's down to very, very, very few friends. And if I do have friends, I don't really make, have good conversation or normal conversation with them because most of the time they're wanting to talk about different things. And I'm kind of a pessimist, you know? I like to focus on the negatives. And I talk about them a lot. And one thing that I, I like to do is to is to think about ways that, you know, how we can become more like Christ. But one thing I often don't mention is the good side of being a follower of Jesus. So we talk about Jesus, you know, following him is hard, you know, because foxes have their holes and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
Oh, and you should count the cost of following Christ because you know what? It's going to be hard. You're going to have to give up your life at some point, maybe. You know, we talk about those hard things. We talk about how Jesus, when he faced a big crowd, he didn't just tell them, you know, he didn't just invite them, hey, come invite your friends. You know, everybody's welcome. You know, we just want, we just want all of you guys, please come, please come. We talk about all those things. And yes, all those things are so good and they're so rich and they're so true. But you know what? Sometimes I forget to talk about. You see, there's things that I don't talk about because I don't want to tickle the ear. I don't want it to be like, you know what, you can just fall across and everything's going to be 100% okay. You know, everything's going to be fine. I don't, want that, I don't want that sense of it's easy to follow Jesus kind of mentality when it comes to being a Christian because it's not easy. It's not easy being a Christian because you have to deny self. But here's, here's the paradox here. It's kind of like, you know, a bittersweet kind of thing. We're going to be in John chapter 10 tonight. And in John chapter 9, just to give you kind of like a, uh, it's not going to be on the screen because I'm going to kind of be jumping around a little bit. But in John chapter 9, Jesus just healed this blind man. He was blind at birth. And so he just healed him and, and he spit in the dirt and he made the dirt mud and he rubbed it over this dude's eyes. And, and the guy, he had, he had mud on his eyes and he was like, he was like you should go and wash your eyes in the pool of whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm not going to try to. But he went over there, and he washes, washed the mud off his eyes, and he could see. He could see. And then he walks away from there, and, and he walks away from Jesus. But the Pharisees, hey, weren't you blind before? You know, it's like, yes, I was blind from birth, and this man named Jesus, you know, he healed me. He, he, gave, me, he gave me sight. It was like, no. Nah, this guy can't be from God because he healed you on the Sabbath. There's no way he would be breaking God's rules like that if he was from God. And so the blind man comes back and was like, well, where else would he be from? Hey, I, from the beginning of time, from the beginning of history, I've never heard of a man healing or giving a blind man sight. I've never heard of somebody doing that, ever. And so the, the Pharisees are like, no, 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 see, we're not going to listen to you anymore. Where's your parents at? Call your mama and your daddy because I need to talk to them about this issue you got going on here. It's like, hey, mom and dad, is this, is this your kid? Like, this is my kid. Well, how does he have sight now? He's old enough. Ask him. He's old enough to answer the question. Ask him. And so they, they send the parents away and they ask him what he said. Look, I've already told you once. Do I need to repeat myself? This man, Jesus, gave me sight. I was blind, and he made me see. Do I need to repeat myself anymore? And it's like, you claim to know God, but obviously you don't, because if you did, you would know that this man is from God, because he healed me. I, I don't know where this man came from. I don't know who he is, but this is what I do know, that I was once blind, and now I can see. And so the Pharisees said, you think you're better than me? You're just, you're just a normal person. You're trying to teach us about God, and they sent him away. And so Jesus found the guy, and when Jesus found the guy, he was like, do you believe in the Son of Man? He said, who is he? You're speaking to him, Jesus said. And then, in one way or another, he called the Pharisees blind. It seems like Jesus was trying to show them something there. Like, 
hey, you think you can see, but you're really blind. And the Pharisees get mad at him. That's where we we start in, in, in chapter 10 of John. This is what it says. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. See, what he's saying is, what he's saying is you can't just jump the fence. You have to go through the gate. If you're going to get into heaven, he's trying to show them something. If you're trying to get into heaven, you can't just jump the fence. All right, you've got to go through the gate. You've got to go through this gate. And what is this gate? I just didn't think y'all knew what sheepfold meant because I still don't know what it means. So I just kind of, you know, made some context clues. But anyways, he says, He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So why do I read that? Because so often I believe that as Christians, we make being a Christian burdensome. We make it way more than it has to. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be something, you know, to be this Christian Maybe it's because you went to a church, you know, and it was just kind of like, you know, nature. It's just kind of like, you know, the culture to, to do a certain thing, and that's how you become a Christian. Or maybe it's something you have told yourself, you know, like if you, if you like, you know, kind of OCD-minded where you think you have to work for your salvation, you may think, maybe I need to read my Bible at least three times a day, and I need to pray afterwards with worship music playing so I can get my mind focused, you know, I don't know what it is for you, but if you're feeling that burden, if you're feeling that pressure of being a Christian, maybe it's not joyful anymore to be a Christian. Maybe you don't have joy. Maybe you don't have peace. Maybe you don't have clear direction. Maybe you don't have that comfort that you once had. What does it say about the sheep? It says that Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and my sheep know my voice. And what does he say about the sheep? He says, they will come and go freely and find good pastures. And then he says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. He comes to steal your joy. He comes to kill your hope and to destroy your life. That's what he's here for. 
That's his, that's his main purpose. But what does it say Jesus' purpose? Jesus says, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. See, not only is our life after this, if we are a Christian, if we did go through that gate, if Jesus is our shepherd, not only is our life after this perfect and it's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes and no more sorrow and no more pain, there's still a reason why we're here. You know, we don't just forget about this life. We don't just say, hey, we're here for a few years and then we're gone. Of course, we're not citizens of this world anymore. We know that our home is really in heaven. And we know that once we leave here, we're going to heaven. And that's our hope. That's why we can live this life full of joy. But that doesn't mean we just forget about this life and do nothing. See, Jesus came so that because his purpose was to give us a rich and satisfying life. What does that tell you? That this life matters. This life doesn't not matter. It matters. Yes, of course, after this life matters more, but this life still matters. We're to have a rich and satisfying life. It's full. It's joyful. We don't worry We're not concerned about the worldly things because we want to be rich and satisfied. We're full on the inside. We have nothing to worry about because we have a good shepherd. I'm just picturing Jesus in the field with his staff. He's got his staff and he's watching over all of us, his sheep. And you know what we're doing? We're not worried about what everybody else thinks. We're not worried about the things of this life. We're not worried about the things of this world. We're not weighed down by the pressures because we have a good pasture. We're going and coming freely. We're not worried about things. We're not concerned about this life because we have a life after this that means more. We have a hope. And so this life can be rich and satisfying. I can just picture us going, coming in and out of the field, and we're going and we're eating. We're full of good grass. We're full of good food. And we're going, I just, don't you just picture a sheep just being adventurous, like roaming, roaming freely, not worrying about the wolves or worrying about the bears who are coming to attack it? Why? Because we have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd who will lay down his life for us. Our life is supposed to be rich and satisfying. It reminds me of Psalm chapter 23, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He leads me into green meadows, and he leads me by peaceful streams. The Christian life, brothers and sisters, please listen to me. Let this sink in. The Christian life is not burdensome. It's not full of pressure to follow rules. You may have seen my post on Instagram last night. I usually don't post. I don't really know why. I just don't ever think about it. But last night, I just felt like I had to. God created us human beings, not human doings. Brad, would you go ahead and put that up on the screen? Kenny sent this to me um, not so long ago, and it just... It hit me so hard. This is a quote from Psalm chapter 46 where God is, is talking about God being our refuge. 
It says that all who come to him are protected and we have peace. And it talks about how God controls the whole earth. And he tells when wars begin, he tells when wars end. And that he is sovereign over everything. He is in control. And then it says this, it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Just be. Sometimes you just got to be. You know why sometimes I feel like some people, most teenagers, walk away from the faith? Statistics are up in the air now, but I feel like it's kind of gotten more. They used to say like 75%, you know, it's like somewhere between 75 and 90% of teenagers walk away from the faith after high school. You know why I think that is? It's too much pressure. Put too much pressure on themselves. You know why I feel like some people don't follow after Christ because you know what they see when they look into the Christian life? You go to church twice a week and you work a nine to five job. You get a good family. You know, if you're ha- you got a nice house, you got a dog two kids, they see a stereotype and they feel like they have to fit it to be a Christian. It's too much pressure. You know why? Because that's not what Jesus called us to do. That's a human standard. Just be. Just be. Some of you, I know it, I can feel it because I felt it in myself. Some of you are thinking, well, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than just be because, you know, you got to try. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Don't worry about it. But here, here's one thing I want to say before we go into that. Philippians chapter 4, what does it say? It says, do not be anxious or do not worry about anything, but pray about everything. What does do not worry include? It includes not worrying about your relationship with God. So when you go to read God's word, so we talk about that all the time. You know, we're up here, and just to give you like a, you know, just, I don't know what you call that. But uh, just to give you like something to hang on to, when we say read the Bible, we're, you know, we're not trying to pound that down your throat. We're just like... We have to read it for a living. And once we started reading it, it's like, oh, man, it's so good. Like, I just want to read it more and more and more. And we're just like, hey, hey, all you guys, look, come with me. Read this word. Read what I'm reading. It's so good. And this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's word, but there's more than this. There's more than just this 30 minutes that we're talking about now. It's even deeper than that. It's even more than that. There's so much more love that you have to see. There's so much more in God's word that you have to dig in. You just have to eat it like I'm telling you. It's there. Please get it. We're not pounding it down your throat because you should do it as a Christian. We're pounding it down your throat because it's something that's good for you. We're like, man, this is so awesome. Please come do it. That's what we're wanting. And I don't ever want it to feel like I'm just saying, hey, read your Bible because it's what you're supposed to do. Hey, pray because it's what you're supposed to do. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not that at all. Because you know what happened to me? I started reading God's Word thinking, well, I didn't read it yesterday. Well, I did, but it was only like five minutes, so maybe today I should read it for five minutes more. 
Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll read it for five more minutes this, this time. And then the next time I was like, man, I didn't, forgot to pray before I ate. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat. I'm going to keep this in my mouth and not chew it. And then I'm going to pray. And then maybe the rest of my food and my stomach will be blessed too. You know, we start thinking about stuff like that. Y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all ain't laughing, but y'all know what I'm saying. Maybe I'm the only legalist in here. I don't know. But here's what I am saying. You're not meant to worry about that. Because you know what happens? You get burned out. You're like, man, I'm all the way up to an hour. I got to catch up for an hour of reading. Well, who's going to do that? Who's going to read the Bible because they're supposed to? They're not. Who reads over the summer? Don't raise your hand, Kristen Cassidy, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I don't want your opinion not, okay? I never read over the summer because I was supposed to. I read Cliff Notes, okay? But look, who reads because they have to? Nobody, okay? They read because you want to if you do want to read, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I thought about talking about that, you know, like, what if you don't want to read? What if you can't read? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, I don't you know what? We're getting into something way deeper. That's like, you know, seminary stuff. We need to hold off on that, guys. All right? So, but look, don't worry. And in that same thing, it says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. It hit me the other day. You know, we talked about depression not too long ago. We talked about how the Christian life is not always easy. And, you know, sometimes in the Christian life, you just go through things and you have these moments. You have maybe in a prolonged period of time where, you know, things are just hard and internally you're just not doing well. And I understand that. And yes, those things happen, but that doesn't negate the fact that we are supposed to rejoice. In fact, that is a command. You know, we don't talk about rejoicing as a command because if we don't do it, you know that's just as bad as any other sin. Y'all realize that? We talk about, man, oh, you should not have murdered that person. That is not good. That is bad. Bad follower of Christ. You should not have done that. Yeah, we talk about that stuff. You know, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But we never talk about, you shouldn't not rejoice. And there's no other command like it. I don't know if, you know, you read the Ten Commandments before, but it doesn't say, obey your parents. Again, I say, obey your parents. It doesn't say, you know, uh, do not steal. Again, I say, do not steal. It doesn't reiterate it, but it reiterates rejoicing. Guys, it's supposed to be joyful. We have to find our strength in the Lord. We have to find our joy in following Christ. It should not be a burden. So, you know, well, what happens? Am I supposed to just, you know, just have peace in Christ and, and, and just, you know, find joy in it and, and never really work hard at it and put any effort into it? Well, that's where we go to Matthew chapter 11. It says, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it that way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Brett, you can go ahead and put that picture up there. So, he says, Come to me, all who are weary, and you carry heavy burdens. I like the one on the left. <laughs> That's me. You see him? That's not milk. <laughs> it's kind of gross looking, but that's how hard I work. You know what I'm saying? You feel me, Kenny? Yeah. You feel me? Um, but anyways, it says, come to me, and you'll find rest for your souls. So you, we're not supposed to go to God's word. We're, we're And working, we're supposed to go to God's word and rest in it. You don't go to God in prayer and work in prayer. No, you go to God and you rest in prayer. We're not supposed to carry this burden of reading the Bible or carry this burden of praying or carry this burden of doing these certain things day in and day out or keeping up our Christian status. Or maybe we're feeling like, hey, at school, you know, like it's supposed to be a part of my testimony that I study hard and I feel really bad about not doing this homework assignment. Maybe I'm not doing the right thing being a Christian. Or, you know, maybe you're at work and you're just like, man, I've kind of popped off at the mouth today and I really shouldn't have. You know, God's really going to get me for that. And, you know, they're not, they're not thinking I'm a Christian anymore. Like, why? Why am I doing such bad things? Why? And you start putting all these burdens, all these pressures on yourself. And yet, we, we, talk, we, we think about these things all day long, yet we never think about just resting in Jesus. We go to him with these burdens, wanting to say sorry like, like Jesus. Here, let me, let, me work, let me work something up. Let me just make up for my wrongdoing. No, he already did that. He already did that. He did that on the cross. And you, do you remember when you first got saved that he forgave all of your sins from the past? present and the future, not just the ones in the past. He, he doesn't expect you to be perfect. He expects you to rest in him. It, remi- it reminds me of, of John chapter 15, where it says that he is the trunk. He's the trunk of the tree, and we're the branches. And we're supposed to just stay connected in him, stay connected to his love, because without him, we cannot live. And y'all want to know what this picture is, uh, what this is a picture of? It says, take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. That thing that's around their necks is called a yoke. We're not talking about an egg. That's the yoke right there. Jesus is on the right, and then we're on the left, okay? Think about that's a really small ox right there. We're having to put some, like, you know, twisting on the thing. That's a really small ox, and there's Jesus in all of his glory. And, and when, we take, when, he, when we take on his yoke, he carries all of our weight. Do y'all see that? He carries our weight. Do you have weight on your shoulders right now? It's not supposed to be there. Get it off. You have to get it off. It's not meant to be there. Romans chapter 12, take off every weight. Take off every sin. It's not supposed to be there. If you have weight on your shoulders, give it to him. Let him carry it. 
But the thing about finding rest is this. It doesn't mean that you don't work. Oh, that's such a beautiful picture. Because there's some of us who are like, man, I really want to do something for Jesus because of all that he did for me. No, we don't do the work of the gospel because Jesus did something for us. We can't repay him ever. We don't do it because he did something. We're trying to repay him. We do it with him. He is, he is in the, he's the yoke and we're attached to him and he's carrying us. We don't, we don't have the burden of doing the work we're just with him and we do the work. I don't know. It's so weird to say it because it doesn't really make any sense, but we're not supposed to have that burden on our shoulders. And what's so beautiful about it is, is that when you're attached to that yoke and Jesus is right here and you're going forward and you're not looking back, you're just going forward for the gospel. You know what happens when you turn around? You look behind you and you see all the ground plowed up and you see Maybe in the far distance you start seeing some seeds sprouting. And, and you look to your right and you see Jesus, you're like, but I didn't feel anything. I'm just with you. Exactly. There's so much work being done when you rest in him. That is true rest in Christ. There is no other rest like it ever in the world. There is none other like this rest. This rest gets work done. And in John chapter 15, again, it says that you can do nothing apart from me. What is he talking about? He's talking about being attached to the tree trunk and you're the branch. If you are not attached to him, you can bear no fruit. Think about it. If you're not doing the work of the gospel, being attached and just intimate and being with Jesus Christ, if you're not attached to that source, you will bear no fruit for the gospel. You can't. It's impossible. You have to be attached to the source to bear fruit, to plow up that ground and to spread seed. You have to be attached to his yoke. And so I say all that in this series of God's Word because we often make reading God's Word a burden. We often make reading God's Word so much pressure. I make preaching a lot of pressure. Kenny makes preaching a lot of pressure sometimes. We feel a lot of pressure as leaders in the band and as preachers. We feel a lot of pressure to do the work, but that's not how we're supposed to do it. And that's not, if, if, if we give off the impression of we're carrying the weight and we're doing the work and we're putting in the strength and we're doing it ourselves and we're planting the seeds, we're doing all this, then what are y'all going to feel like? If you're a Christian tonight and you have feeling like giving up lately, rest in Him. Find your rest in Him. Just know that He is your good shepherd. And that you can go and come freely. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. 
in the fact that Jesus Christ died for you. If you're carrying a lot of weight, maybe it's financial weight, maybe it's weight from school, weight from future decisions, what colleges you're going to, what relationships you're involved in. If there's weight on your shoulders tonight, give it to him. We're going to have three songs of invitation since we didn't have the first two. We're going to have three songs, and you can just come down here and spend time with Jesus. Because we carry too much weight. Let me pray, and we'll have that time to just spend with him. Lord, even now, even in this moment, I'm feeling pressure. Because, God, so many times, God, I know there's this balance between preparing and, and just going out here and trusting in you, God. And, and there's, there shouldn't just be me coming up here and not preparing and just following your Holy Spirit, you know, whimsically. God, no, it's, it's studying your word and just wanting more of you and then coming out here and just saying what you want me to say. And, God, I feel that pressure right now. Maybe I didn't study enough. Or, or, or maybe, God, I just didn't, I didn't seek your Holy Spirit enough. God, maybe, maybe they didn't like what I said enough. God, please take that pressure and that weight away from my shoulders, God. Because, God, it is not about me. And, God, you don't want that weight on my shoulders. And, God, I am in sin and I, I'm not trusting in you when I begin to worry about how good I'm serving you because, God, you told me not to worry about anything, but instead pray about everything and the peace of God. God, you never worry about anything. You don't worry about the future. You don't worry about what's coming next. You don't worry about what's happening to us down here. God, you know, and God, that peace that peace that you have can be ours. God, when we just come to you and trust you, and we're like, God, please take this from me. God, I trust you. God, I love you. You're the only thing on my mind right now, and I love you. My problems, God, I just take them away from my sight because, God, they're not worth looking at in comparison to you. God, that pressure, that weight we feel to be good Christians, to read our Bible a specific way, a certain amount of time every day or every night or a certain amount of time to pray. God, God, help us to just come and go freely and find good pastures. And God, help us to just seek our purpose in you. And that's just to have a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life. Help us to be attached to you, Lord. Help us to just Hook up to your yoke and find true rest for our souls. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort and give peace right now. And God, it would just draw people to you. And it's in your name I ask these things. Amen.